0: Well, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Good, I'm glad. Um, well, happy Labor Day weekend. I know that we were probably going to have a little bit of a lighter uh, Sunday today, but give yourselves a hand for all getting out here this morning. <laughs> I know we also have our kids in service with us today. So kids, can you make some noise? Can you say, ooh? if you're under 10 now i know that now the parents are like thanks Gav. now they're going to want to do that more okay <laughs> but we do want to welcome the fact that the kids are here and also i know a lot of them end up being in the family room which i know that family room well every week so <laughs> kids we're happy you're here today and i'm going to be that person i haven't i don't always do this but because i know the kids are here especially and because i also want a lot of what we're talking about to sink into all of us i'm going to be doing a lot of Repeat after me, kind of stuff. So, kids, you can do that too, okay? When I say repeat after me, you do it too, okay? Um, so, My name is Gabrielle, and I'm very excited to be here today. It has been a while since I've been up here. Not for lack of Pastor Jim trying to get me up here. He has been trying. (laughs) Um, But it's just been a while. Last time I preached, I was very, very pregnant. And now Noah is 18 months old, which in one hand feels very short. In another hand, I feel like I've lived a couple lifetimes since I've been up here. So um, I was able to minister with some of the wonderful um, women during Mother's Day. But it's been a while since it was just me. And I was a little nervous going into it. And I'm not saying that to make anyone feel like, uncomfortable i just think that the speaker should be real with the room so i'm just letting you know Um, but i am really excited to be speaking today because as pastor james has said many times today we are starting this new series about worship and i love this topic and in fact you know nate and i were the youth pastors here and we covered this topic almost yearly with our students it's rare that a year goes by and we don't cover it in depth because It's something we constantly have to return back to and there's constantly more to preach on it, you know? You can never really cover all of it. So today, um, we are talking about the power of worship. Everyone say power. Okay, oh, you guys are good, you're awake, okay. (laughs) Um, And there's a lot to cover, but before we start, you're not gonna say anything out loud, so don't worry, but if you will, we're just gonna do a quick word association, so close your eyes. When I say the word worship, You're not saying it out loud, so when I say the word worship, what comes to mind? You don't have to say it out loud, but you can just think about it. Okay, open your eyes. So I'm not sure exactly what you thought, but most likely, you probably thought of either what we just did, not a mere few minutes ago, or you thought of a song, or you thought of something musical, musical. And if that's the case, you are not incorrect in thinking that. Worship, biblically, it is incredibly linked to Song, music, worship, praise, a corporate setting like what we just had, that is much of what worship is, the expression of worship. But it is not all that worship is. In fact, if we think it is just that, we have missed it heavily okay so that's why i'm excited about this series because we're going to be talking about the heart of worship next week we're going to talk about the lifestyle of worship and then pastor james is going to wrap it up with corporate worship and why we even do what we do every single time we come together we can forget and if you've been in the church for a long time you just do it as like a A routine thing you know and it should never be a routine thing so i'm excited about this series but as i said here's like more of an introductory one and we're talking about the power of worship and you know we pastor james is our worship pastor he and his wife christine lead us in worship and we have other worship leaders in our church as well and they have been given that anointing to lead us into worship especially in that corporate setting As pastors, we have not been given that specific anointing. However, I hope you understand that we as pastors who preach and teach the word as pastor James does as well. But when we get up here and we preach and teach the word, we are very humbled and very sobered by the fact that this entire service is called a worship service. You can forget that too sometimes, I can forget that, right? It's not just the singing part that's a worship service, the whole time we're together is a worship service. So as someone who's bringing the word, we humbly and very soberly are reminded that our job by God's grace is to shepherd us, us going first, whoever's speaking, into a place where we will greatly, we will leave this room with a greater adoration for the Lord and a greater revelation of his presence in our lives, amen. So when we say the Lord spoke through worship, Pastor James will be the first one to tell you, it'll happen there, it'll happen here, it'll happen after service as we're praying together. The Lord, this entire time is worship unto the Lord, amen. So um, I'm excited to dive into this and in order to understand and talk about the power of worship, we need to first understand what worship is and why we worship. So everybody say what? Everyone say why. All right, so you're getting you're good. You're getting good. So what is worship? As we said, there is a portion of it that yes involves song and stuff, but it's not just that. Uh, I'm going to skip down over here. Worship is the expression. Everyone say expression. Oh, you're getting a little tired of me. Don't do that for me, okay. Of reverence, say reverence. Or adoration, say adoration. I know some of you are going to be annoyed with it, but I'm just trying to keep you awake. I'm trying to keep the kids involved, okay. <laughs> Worship is the expression of reverence or adoration to the Lord. So that should be exciting for those of you who feel like maybe singing is just not your thing. (laughs) You know, I encourage you to sing anyway. (laughs) But it is an expression of adoration for the Lord. You can do that through your talents. You can do that with your time. You can do that in times where you don't have much to give. I don't want to jump ahead in my sermon here. But where you are just doing something in service to the Lord unto him. That is worship because you are reverencing him. Amen. Amen. That is what worship is. You know, Pastor Walt would always say the word worth-ship. It was literally broken down that way. Uh, the root literally means worthy or honorable. And that suffix, ship, just like relationship, you know, things like that. It is a state of being whatever comes before it. So worship literally means the state of being worthy. It means to give something worth, to demonstratively attribute value, especially to God. And it appears that it is ingrained in all of us as humans to worship something. Would you agree with that? You see that, and it's not always the right thing. Even as Christians, we can find ourselves adoring or reverencing or idolizing sometimes the wrong thing, right? Why are we drawn in that way? Why are we bent in that way? I believe it's because our initial design at the creation of man, Adam and Eve, our initial design before the fall was to be in perfect communion with God. And they had that, right? And with that, perfect worship unto the Lord, perfect intimacy with the lord but after the fall and this is a whole separate sermon of course um we were separated not after the fall after we've sent sinned we separated not only from god but from our each other and we separated from ourselves too we that's why without jesus we are an unraveled soul right but because of the finished work of jesus on the cross as we know Is that mine? (laughs) No, okay. (laughs) It might be mine. Um, Whoever it is, mama, dada, you're doing great. (laughs) Um, And we love you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Because of the finished work that Jesus has done on the cross, we can be restored both within wholeness, within ourselves because of the Lord, with each other, right? Reconciliation. But most importantly, with the Lord, right? And when we worship the Lord, there is a longing to worship him still. I was amazed even in studying for this sermon, verses that I knew, but so many other verses that I just hadn't read in a while, especially in the Old Testament, where when it talks about worship, it specifically talks about longing to worship the Lord because it speaks to that very desire within us to worship something. But we need that something to, of course, be the one true god right psalm 63 1-5 you are my god i worship you in my heart i long for you as i would long for a stream in a scorching desert i have seen your power and your glory in the place of worship your love means more than life to me and i praise you as long as i live i will pray to you i will sing joyful praises and be filled with excitement like a guest at a banquet isn't that last sentence really cool never read it that way, but you get that picture like, you know when you go to a wedding and a few of your friends are also going to be there, (laughs) you're like, oh, we're going, you know, it's going to be such a great day, you know, but to have that mentality of, oh, we're going to church today, (laughs) sometimes we don't have that, let's just be real, you're like, let's just get out the car, where's everybody's shoes, what is happening, I didn't eat, you didn't eat, why are you running this light? We're here, okay? (laughs) Let's just be real. If you haven't had that, stick in church for a while and you will, okay? (laughs) But that excitement to come together and worship the Lord. That excitement to say, we're here for you, Lord, and we long for you. Now the good news is that even though we have this longing as humans (laughs) to worship, Jesus satisfies that longing, amen? So as we talk about how he is worthy and he is holy he's not it doesn't just end there the bible says he accepts our praises he inhabits the praises of his people psalm 22. it says he is enthroned on our praises it did not have to be that way church do you ever think about that we have such a holy god to stand in his presence is impossible (laughs) you understand and he is worthy of all the praise that we flawed humans can give him but he receives it and not only that he comes down and touches earth with his presence worship is powerful not because of you and i or how good you and i are at doing it worship is powerful because of who he is and the fact that he meets with us amen so i don't want to get ahead here but also i did want to say a quick side note Quite literally, I know we always do our note sheets. Hopefully you got them. I did not do fill-ins this time, not because I don't think they're good. It just didn't work out this week. So there are scripture verses. I won't even be able to cover all of those scripture verses today, but I encourage you to take them home. There's so many more verses on worship, but go ahead and take that. And if you really love fill-ins, I support you. I encourage you, you can just, Take your pen, and anytime you see an action word or a verb having to do with worship, because worship always has a call to action, go ahead and underline it. And that's your little homework assignment. And if you're not into that, then just take the the paper home, okay? (laughs) Um, So if you're following, you're like, she didn't do this first, she didn't do that first, just flow with it, okay? (laughs) I had to revamp this a lot. Like last night, I was texting one of my friends. It was pretty late, and I was like, I'm starting from scratch. She's like, I beg your pardon? So (laughs) the Lord knew what he wanted to say, okay? Um, I also just wanted to say, as he inhabits our praises something else that's so wonderful about worship is the fact that you know here on earth i want you to think of the best worship experience you've ever had and that could have been in the privacy of your own home in your car quiet before the lord it could have been in a setting like this maybe it was something else i don't know but you think about that moment where you're like wow i really that was a moment of worship Whatever that moment was, as beautiful and as pure as it was, just know and be excited over the fact that it will not pale in comparison to what heaven's worship experience will be like. The Bible in Revelation says two different times that we will be singing a new song on the Lord. Everyone say, new song. Now, a lot of scripture will tell us literally some of the things we will be singing to him. But also, it that means more than just a song. We will be singing in heaven. We won't be able to help ourselves. You're, we're going to get there and be so excited. I was trying to say this in first service. I don't know if it came out right. But we're going to be there. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. And we're going to run with each other to his throne and worship him and adore him because we made it. We're there. Okay. And we won't, it will just bubble out of us. Yes, be excited about that. <laughs> At the same time, because the Bible does talk about, and I wish we had a fifth week to talk about just this, to be really honest with you. But because the Bible talks about a new song, it won't just be singing, though that will be there. There will be a new way to worship and adore him and to reverence him. I don't fully know what that's going to look like, but I know that because we will be there, it will be a perfected worship experience, amen. And that is exciting and that is something to look forward to. But here on earth, we still get to have a taste of it. Isn't that good? Isn't that so exciting? And no, you've you've been there where it's like, where you are, sometimes it does happen when you're in a room of people, you know? And you're like, this is a little taste of what heaven's gonna be, but it doesn't pale in comparison, you know? So that's another reason why worship is so wonderful. But why else do we worship? Why else do we worship? There's so many reasons. This is not the full list, but we worship him because his love endures forever, church. His love endures forever. The word says that so many times. Based on what version you have, um, it says it upwards of 45 times. And in Psalm 136, it keeps saying it. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Psalm 100 is what I'm going to be reading here today. phrase his love endures forever show up so many times in the bible but it's almost always in conjunction with give thanks or give praise to the lord because his love endures forever and i love that because the bible doesn't say give praise to the lord because it always goes the way we want it to go (laughs) my bible don't say it your bible don't either okay you can search till your eyes ache. (laughs) My Bible doesn't say give thanks and praise to the Lord because everything is going the way I wanted it to go. It's not in there. (laughs) But I'm excited that that's not in there because if I had it go every way I wanted it to go, it wouldn't be good. But you know what we could say over and over and over again? Give praise to the Lord because his love endures forever. It doesn't matter what we are going through. doesn't matter if life is a mess. doesn't matter if we're, per- I am far from perfect. Do you understand? I preach at a church where all my closest friends go here, okay? They all know my flaws. So I can't stand up here and pretend like I got it all together because you all know that I don't, okay? And that's good, okay? So I'm not sitting here saying that I have this perspective perfect all the time, but oh, in those moments where I do feel unraveled and I do feel like a mess and I am just wow, ah, you know, I can say no matter what is going on, God's love is still here and it'll go down with us into the darkest night in the darkest pit. He is still there. Amen. So we've talked about how he inhabits our praises. And how it's a form of communion with God. Worship is a form of communion with God. Worship also magnifies the Lord. That's another reason why we worship. Can you say magnify? I love that we sang that song today. I love when, specifically when you both sing it. I I just love that song. And it's so pure. Christ be magnified from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. Worship, and this goes along with magnifying the Lord. It's declaring who he is. There is so much biblical value and power to that. The Bible literally says the heavens declare his righteousness. When Jesus came in at the triumphal entry, at the beginning of Holy Week, the week that he was to go to the cross, and he comes in, the disciples were declaring who he was. They were declaring outwardly out loud loudly that he was the messiah that he was the christ and the pharisees said jesus shut them up tell them to be quiet and jesus said they have to do this because if they don't do this now the very rocks will cry out and we've heard that phrase before but really think about that all of creation that was actually even in uh, the christ be magnified song too there's beautiful lyrics in the beginning kind of speaking to that uh Creation points to Jesus. It points to our creator. Amen. When we, his handiwork, when we, his children, declare who he is, we're doing it not just because he's worthy, although that should be enough. That should be the only reason we do it. But again, because he is a personal God, he also allows for worship to be a transformative experience for you and I. Where when we magnify him, we, by definition, decrease. When we surrender to him, we, by definition, get off the throne. Which I don't know about you, I constantly try to sit down on. (laughs) I'm like, I got it, everything's fine, I can do this. No, you can't, I can't. (laughs) And you say, God, you are in control. You are God, I am not. And in that, we are transformed. Some of you who might be new, you might say, well, that sounds kind of scary. Decreasing, surrendering. whole different sermon but it's one of my favorite topics because the lord has had to painstakingly show me when you surrender and worship is a beautiful time of surrender many times especially corporately i find where i hear him hi baby mama loves you (laughs) when we worship the lord and we surrender to him we walk away transformed amen You know, there's also a big theme in the Bible of worshiping God in spite of our circumstances. There's countless people in the Bible who worship the Lord when it doesn't make sense, who worship the Lord even though everything is a mess. And thank goodness for that because sometimes everything in our lives can be a mess, right? And we have these examples after examples of people who still said, I will still praise you, Jesus. There's a sweetness in the Lord when you learn to worship him in spite of what you're going through, in spite of the doctor's um, diagnosis, in spite of the pain you're going through, in spite of what you're up against. When you worship the Lord, doesn't mean the circumstance always changes the way you want, like I said before. But when you say, Jesus, I acknowledge that you are still good, and you are still here with me, and I'd rather go through this pain with you than without you, <laughs> and you are here. There's power in that, my friends. Psalm 42 verse five, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him. My savior and my God. This has been one of my favorite verses for a long time. I love the part that says, I will yet praise him. means I haven't begun to praise him yet. The Lord understands we're downcast. The Lord understands we're disturbed. But in the midst of that, we will magnify him, amen. There's a song, it's a newer song, it's called Praise You Anywhere. Side note, I did this in the first service, I'm gonna unapologetically do it in the second. Um, We did this song at Teresa DeLendra's dance fitness class. (laughs) Side plug, talking about worship. Uh, Women, I encourage you to go to it, it's wonderful. Some of you in this room, I'm looking around, you were at the class. And you know, I went um, just because I thought, oh, it's a good workout. I haven't worked out in a long time, I need to. This will be great. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. Number one, on a practical level, I used to take Zumba in college. Teresa DeLenger is a way better fitness instructor than any of those people. She don't come to play, okay? We gonna do a workout, okay? So you better go to it. Um, But not only that, I was so pleasantly surprised at the fact that First of all as a mom and you can come even if you're not a mom I was able to have an hour of uninterrupted worship with the Lord while I was also doing something very physically healthy for my body and the Lord and I know I wasn't the only one spoke to so many of us ladies through the lyrics of so many of the songs that she chose it was such a sweet time and so again worship is not just one way you know We could be together as women worshiping the lord in that way as well so that's just a little side plug but it kind of goes with the sermon so um but so go to that even no matter what age you are just go it's gonna be great um starts again in the fall but the song praise you anywhere is one of the songs we did for a couple of the weeks and It says, sometimes you gotta, it's all scripturally based. Sometimes you gotta dance through the darkness, sing through the fire, praise when it don't make sense. Anyone ever praise him when it didn't make sense? (laughs) Sometimes you gotta stare down the giant, worship from the lion's den. And the second verse I love, sometimes you gotta praise in the prison, cry out to heaven, shout till the doors swing wide. Now, if you've been in the church for a while, you know what that's referring to, right? And if we're gonna talk about the power of worship, we would be remiss without going to that. So, we're going to talk about that scripture. It's Acts 16. And uh, if you have it, I encourage you to turn to Acts 16. We've been talking as pastors to remind all of us bring your Bible, turn to it. <laughs> um, but, Acts 16, verse 25, this is about Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas, this is the book of Acts. They are expanding. The, the Lord's church is, is growing, but their persecution is also growing at this time, okay? So Paul and Silas were thrown in jail for something they didn't do. Close friends know, random note about me. One of my biggest fears is being thrown in jail for something I didn't do. I don't know why. <laughs> but if I get in there, please bail me out. <laughs> Tom, I don't know why I looked at you for that moment, but please bail me. <laughs> Tom's like, I don't, know. I don't have any money to give you. <laughs> you got me? Thank you. But they were there, okay? And I can't get into the details of the because the kids are in the room. Let's just say these particular uh, prison uh, situations were not pleasant. These were not humane prison experiences, and we have to leave it at that. But it wasn't good. It was not looking good, and there was no lights. It was literally dark. And what do Paul and Silas do in that moment? Let's read about it. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice and said, do not harm yourself, for we are here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then it goes on to say that the jailer came and he washed their wounds and Paul and Silas went to this man's house and he and his household were saved and baptized and it was beautiful. And you know, we in the church, we read that and we can just skim past it after we've been in the church for a while. But they, we are talking about if you had a shackle on it doesn't just fall off okay this was not some rinky-dink dollar store shackle okay it's to the, they were chained to the floor okay they are worshiping god in the midnight hour and we all know that'll preach you can preach it you know you don't need me to preach the the, the parallel there And chains literally fell off. Now, you and I know the story, but Paul and Silas did not know the story when they started worshiping. They're in the Bible, so they don't know it yet, okay? So they start worshiping, and all of a sudden, prisoners are freed, and gates are being opened. And we love that verse, don't we love that verse? Well, we love that verse because not only did it actually happen, but it's such a, a metaphor for what the Lord does with us in worship. And I love that because I love the fact that it says the foundations, everyone say foundations, the foundations of the prison were shaken. I love that because I shared in first service, I just like to be real. A lot of times I can be, if I'm not careful, given into fear. And the Lord does not want me to live in that place. He does not despise the fact that I can struggle with that, but it is not of him. So when I'm there, the Lord doesn't just want me to get better with that. He wants to get to the root of why I am afraid. He wants to get to the foundation of the prison that I am in and shake it up. Do you understand what I'm saying? And he wants to do that for you. And sometimes when it doesn't make sense, you praise him and things start happening. It doesn't always happen the way we want it to or maybe at the exact same timing that we want it to, but there is power when we magnify him above our circumstances. Amen. Now, I just want to say a quick thing just because I have to, and I said it in first service. I have a note in my Bible, and I know it's from Pastor Walt from one of his sermons, so I would be remiss if I didn't say it. It's a whole separate sermon, but it says, when God sets you free, it's always with the intent that you will free others, and I just really like that because love you, Pastor Walt. So, um, But again, different sermon for a different time. But listen, if I ended today's sermon on that verse, that's kind of good, right? If any pastor ever does finish a sermon on that verse, they've done nothing wrong. It's the Bible. It's a beautiful moment. You can start preaching it, man. Getting Pentecostal, you know? Doors swinging wide, you know? All that stuff. It's biblical, it's true, it's real. If a preacher ever preaches just that chapter, soak it up because it is the word and it is good. But if I'm gonna talk about the power of worship, I personally can't stop there. Because I think that if we're not careful as Christians, we think, oh, power of worship? That means something fantastical. That means something grandiose. That means something huge scale, right? It can. I got stories for you. I grew up, Pastor Jim is our youth pastor. We saw stuff in worship. Some of you wouldn't believe. I grew up in the 90s in this church. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff we saw in worship. The students today, oh, you'd be so proud of them, church. When we get together for worship, especially on retreats, they go to three in the morning. It's beautiful. It's real. It's amazing. But we teach them, and PJ taught us. Pastor Jim, sorry, sometimes I still say PJ. I apologize. Pastor Jim. He taught us. It's not just those mountaintop moments. It can be. I had real breakthrough in a lot of those moments. I've had real breakthrough in moments of worship here in the sanctuary where it, things happen I didn't understand. Where I walked away free from something. It was amazing. It is scriptural. That story of Paul and Silas is scriptural. It is a metaphor for what happens in our lives spiritually. It is real. But the power of worship is not just that. The power of worship can also look very different. And with that, now this won't be on the screen because this is what was added last, but if you have your Bible, I would encourage you to go to Luke chapter seven. Luke chapter seven. And we're coming in for a landing now. Luke chapter seven. This is now, Jesus is now on the earth in the flesh, okay? We've gone a little back in time compared to Acts. And he's at a house. Luke chapter seven, verse 37. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner when she learned that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisees' house, brought an alabaster flask, some say jar, of ointment. And standing behind him, meaning Jesus, at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointments. Other gospels say she broke the flask. Now when the Pharisees who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it teacher. And then it goes on and it says how Jesus essentially rebuked this man. In other gospels it says Judas was also there, who also had a bad attitude about this, he was being salty, and Jesus also rebuked him. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And then jumping down, he also says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That's a very different story than Paul and Silas, isn't it? Paul and Silas, when they got out of there, and rightfully so, they did nothing wrong if they did this. They would. If I was Paul and Silas, I'd go out to all my friends and be like, you have no idea what just happened, Right? He shouted from the rooftops, you're like, this was amazing, and people were freed, and the guy got saved, and we're not in jail, we're not gonna die, yay, you know? It's a great story. This story with the woman coming before Jesus, again, you can spend a couple Sundays on just that chapter. So much nuggets in there, I don't have time for. That's almost an awkward story, isn't it? It's like, what's this lady doing, right? Why is she crying? What's her deal? Doesn't she know she's touching Jesus? But you know in a different gospel accounting this exact story jesus says what she has done will be spoken of throughout all of history what she has done it says that she loved much you know what she did she recognized who was in the room that day all the church people were there he was in a church person's house that's who the pharisees were and they didn't even recognize who was at his table His disciples sometimes didn't fully grasp who was at his table, hence the issue with Judas. And I got to tell you, when I was reading that last night, kind of preparing for this, I started getting a little convicted. (laughs) Because I love the Lord. Oh, do I love him. But I say, oh, Jesus, has there been times where I have forgotten just who you are? Now, I'm not saying you need to cry every time you're in worship or you got to act that particular way. We as humans, we make it. Too much like a formula. Don't do that. (laughs) The point is the picture of brokenness. This woman didn't have a song to sing. This woman didn't have a talent that we know of. I mean, maybe she did, but not in this moment. She just had something very valuable to her. Other um, gospels talk about how valuable that flask was, how valuable that alabaster jar was. And it says that in another gospel, when she broke the flask, the ointment that was in it, the smell of it permeated the room permeated the room there are going to be times in your Christian walk where you are standing on faith and you feel in the Lord that you are you got this in the Lord it's not you who do it it's Jesus and I pray you have those moments all the time but there will be other moments where you got nothing left to give and you are just broken at his feet my son agrees (laughs) and you are broken at his feet and you say jesus i got nothing you know what he does in that moment he accepts you he accepts your praises in your darkest night in your midnight hour in your broken moment when you feel awkward and you're just by yourself in your car and you're saying my kids are driving me crazy (laughs) and i don't know how we're gonna pay this bill And my in laws, and my this, and my that, and the doctor said this, and blah, blah, blah. Not my in laws, by the way. (laughs) Maybe sometimes, I don't know, I love you guys. Um, (laughs) You know, just when you say, I don't know what to do, God says, I see you, I accept your praises. You know, like I said before, there's so many of you in this room that I've just known for so long. Maybe you're my age. Maybe you're a little older. Maybe you're a little younger. But when you've done life together for a while, you can remember beautiful experiences in the Lord together, right? You have those moments. You're like, remember when God did this? Remember when we were at that place? Remember that one Sunday? Remember that moment? Remember when that Bible study, right? God did this, you know? I love those moments. Sometimes as you get older, you can lose touch with those moments. You say, oh, maybe that was for when I was younger. Oh, maybe that was then, you know? But let me tell you something. God has been so faithful and has met me and you and others in such beautiful moments together. But you know, he'll also meet you so personally. One of the greatest moments I've had in the Lord is when I was a little girl and we just had, we had a really intense tragedy happen in my family and I was very alone. It was the summer after sixth grade. I was new to the youth ministry here. And because I had time as a teenager, this isn't like, oh, look at Gab, look how spiritual. I, I had nothing left to do. I just worshiped him every day in this, in, for an, a little bit of time in the afternoon. And I learned what worship fully meant. It wasn't in a crowd. It, wasn't, it was just me and Jesus in my room, you know. So now today, I'm mom, I'm wife, wife first, mom second. I've been in the Lord for a bunch of years now. I don't have all those hours Sometimes. Maybe you can judge that, but any other parent in the room will agree with me. <laughs> there are times I don't have that beautiful time that maybe I had. but doesn't mean I won't always and I should always be intentional to try. But he's also there in my sleepless nights, you know. And we got a lot of them. <laughs> now don't get me wrong, I'm not Miss Perfect. There's a lot of nights where I'm not acting very Christian and I'm a little annoyed. You know what I mean? It's 3 in the morning. I'm like, what's happening? You know, why are we awake? But there are many nights where the Lord has been teaching me, hey, Especially with that song "Praise You Anywhere," when we started doing it at the the, the workout class, he said, "Hey, last night you told me you'd praise me anywhere, you know?" I'd say, "You're right. I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna praise you. I not have much to give. I'm just saying, Jesus, you're still good, and He is." So, whatever you're going through today, remember that He is still good. He loves you so much. He is so worthy. We're gonna be diving into so many different elements of worship, but as we are going to close and about to take our communion together, which you can prepare that now. You can start getting that out. I know it takes a little bit of time. I'm not sure where you're at today. But I know that as we continue to walk with the Lord, we can never, and we can do it, but we can never let worship wane in our lives and again i'm not just talking about when we're here corporately although that is part of it and yes raise your hand if you did not receive communion they will bring it to you we cannot but go ahead and just continue to to focus thank you ushers we cannot allow that adoration for the lord to dissipate and some of you maybe you've allowed that to dissipate i had to make sure i had to say lord have i allowed that to dissipate have i allowed my my reverence my adoration for you my passion in worship again not just song you hear me but also song right to wane he is still the same god yesterday today and forever he is worthy to be praised no matter what and when we praise him, he is enthroned on our praises. And that is the power of worship, not, just, not because of you or myself, but because of who he is, amen? And churches, we simply end with communion. I'm so sorry that I went later than I expected. Um, I talked about earlier in the day, how we were cut off from communion with the Lord at the fall, but because of Jesus's finished work on the cross, that communion has been restored. So as we take communion today remember his finished work on the cross which if we don't praise him for that what else are we praising him for right if you got nothing else to praise him for you praise him that it is well with your soul right it is well with our soul because of what he did and as we take communion today at the start of this worship series ask yourself lord as we enter into this month of september talking about worship many different aspects of it lord Help me remember and acknowledge who you are and help me grow in my reverence and adoration of you. I have to now get mine, I'm so sorry. Okay. Lord, we come before you right now as we're about to take communion and we thank you Lord, your word says that as often as we do this, to do this in remembrance of you, Jesus, today we remember what you did on the cross. We remember that because of you, we can approach your throne boldly. You are so worthy, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that your love endures forever. Thank you that you were broken. Your body was broken. Your blood was shed so that we can be made whole. Thank you that we can worship you in spirit and in truth and simply taste heaven every time that we just simply reverence you. And now, in a moment of reverence, Jesus, we take communion, thanking you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, church, you can take your communion. I'm gonna go ahead and close here. Parents, thanks for being patient. I know it's hard when kids are in service. I know it's hard when you gotta pick them up. You're all doing great. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we are starting this series on worship. Lord, we don't need worship experiences of yesterday. Lord, we want whatever you have for us today. And we are open to that. Lord, we want to grow in our adoration and reverence of you, whether that be in the privacy of our homes or here corporately, God. Be magnified, like we sang today. We come back to the heart of worship. Be magnified in our lives today, Jesus. We thank you that your love endures forever, no matter what we're facing this week. Oh, you're so much greater. You're so good, Jesus. You're so good. And we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.